We love the impossible happening. The down and out. <laughs> well, that's really impossible. There's just some things that I don't know if it even can happen. But yes, even the Redskins could win the Super Bowl. I know, I know you guys don't, uh, many of you don't follow hockey, but if you, uh, if you followed hockey, there was what was called the miracle of, on ice. You know, the, the dream team in basketball, if they didn't win the gold, that would have been extremely, extremely disappointing. But for the U.S. hockey team to win the gold medal in the 1980 Olympics and beat, at that point, the, uh, the, the top, the best of the best, the Russian hockey team was absolutely a miracle. And again, I don't know how many of you are around, but it was, it was an amazing, amazing story. The four-minute mile, a barrier that everyone thought at one point was impossible. Flights, the fact that we can fly and we, uh, we not only just fly around the earth, we, we've gone to the moon. Now we have satellites, you know, going to the farthest distances. One just, cro uh, you know, crossing paths with Pluto just recently. But then there's people. You know, several years ago, we were involved in an accident. And my middle son was flown out of the car. Had a severe head trauma. In the deepest coma that you could be, doctors said it would be really impossible. He was revived. And he's as normal as a normal guy can be with my genes. <laughs> but I appreciated what Ray shared. Because even many of us come to church or had visited church at one time in our lives thinking, is it possible for God to really save me? Jesus, you don't really know the depth of my sin. You don't really know what I have been involved in. And if you did, you certainly would not want to save me. If you were at the, the, the sharing of the men with the, the Widener, Dave Widener on uh, Thursday night, you heard LV share very graphically, very specifically. And I'm sure in his moments of being just totally enslaved to, to impurity, God set him free. What an amazing, amazing story. We're going to look at a man who was set free. But first of all, we're going to look at the man who was not set free. So turn your Bibles to Luke. Turn to Luke 18. Luke 18, verse 18. It says, Now a certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commands. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I have wholeheartedly obeyed all these laws since my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. 
then come and follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was extremely wealthy. When Jesus noticed this, he said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said then, who can be saved? And he replied, what is impossible for mere humans is possible with God. And turn now to Luke chapter 19 and verse 1. And this scene just happens just perhaps even a few days later. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. And now a man named Zacchaeus was there. And he was a chief tax collector and he was rich. And he was trying to get a look at Jesus. But being a short man, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him because Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zach, come down quickly because I must stay at your house today. So he came down quickly and welcomed him joyfully. And when the people saw it, they all complained. of a man who is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, half my possessions I now give to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone of anything, I am paying back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Another way that Jesus would reword this, perhaps, that salvation has come, perhaps he turns to his disciples and says, a camel just went through the eye of a needle. And that's the title of the sermon. A camel just went through the eye of a needle. You talked to Kate Clapp a year ago. Would she see herself here today? Would she see herself saved? Would she see herself having forgiveness of sins and having an inheritance? And I'm so excited to announce, I think it was announced to the women on Friday night, but to the rest of us, Kate Clapp was baptized uh, this week. So, what, Kate, why don't you go ahead and stand? Where is she? With a big smile on her face. That smile goes on for days and days and days. Really proud of your decision. But Kate is, is a Zacchaeus. And we all are. You know, Jericho was, uh, was an amazing city. It was a city of palms. It really was an oasis. It was a rich and flourishing city. They called it the fattest city in Palestine, meaning it was just decadent. You, you had it all. Center of trade and large caravans would come through, and it was the best, and it was the worst. So you had all of the wealth. You had all of the, all of the things to enjoy in life, the richest of foods, but you had the criminal <laughs> You had the robbers. You had those who were trying to cheat. 
You had the rich and the thriving and the wealthy businessmen, and you had the thieves and the robbers. And it was one of the chief regional tax centers of Israel to Rome. And you have Zacchaeus, franchise owner. To, his, to, his, to Israel and to his fellow Jews, he had sold out. To him, he was doing business. Jericho was a great place to make money. He was the top of the pyramid. He was the chief. The scheme, all Rome cared about is, we want such and such amount of taxes. What you end up collecting, that's your matter. What would, what would uh, Zacchaeus do? He would get his guys that were working for him. I want this much more, and, and I want this on top of that. And then he would send his guys out, and they would collect the money. And what was the result? Zacchaeus, all it says here, and he was rich. His name, interesting, means pure, innocent, clean. But Zacchaeus was anything but pure and innocent and clean. And he'd become filthy rich at the expense of his brothers and sisters, his fellow Jews. He was a sinner. The word sinner, he was loose. He had taken off. It's a word to describe it kind of you, t you take off the morals and the morality. You, you, you take the belt off. There's nothing guiding you anymore. Unhitched from any kind of guiding direction in your life. All you're following are your desires, your, your interests, your wealth. Impossible for this man to be saved. What a contrast, though. What a contrast to the rich man that we read earlier. Put them side by side and say, who is going to heaven? And we would all say the rich man is. He's a ruler. He's in leadership. He's an influencer. He's making impact. He's, he's wealthy, yes, but his spiritual resume speaks for itself. He's got it all. He is, he is, he is at the top of his class. Both in society, but even spiritually. You want a role model, role model of a Jew? Here he is. And if we would vote on who would be impossible to get to heaven, we would all vote Zacchaeus. And out of these two scenes, who is saved? Zach. Bernie Madoff just got baptized. If you don't know who he is, he's one of the guys who has led one of the most, I don't know how to even describe it, horrific Ponzi pyramid schemes ever. The head of an investment company cheated out not just millions, billions of dollars from seniors who relied on him for their pension. Charitable organizations that relied on, on him to help them kind of make it. And some went under, and, and, and seniors lost their pensions. 
This is Zacchaeus. This, this is him. And we, we went, you know, if you were around and you read anything about this, you, your blood boiled when you think of who this guy was. But imagine him kind of be, becoming a Christian. We, we, would, we would be going, really? Can, can this really happen? This is the scene and this is the setting of Zacchaeus here. Despised, hated, how could you? But he actually, he comes to salvation. The impossible becomes the possible. The camel does go through the eye of a needle. How cool is that? And I want to compare our hearts this morning as we think through, who are we more like? And I hope that we, we, we have the heart of Zacchaeus. So I have three points as we talk about the camel going through the eye of the needle. Number one, boxes or trees? How do you approach Jesus? How do you approach Jesus? You want to be seen by Jesus or you want to see Jesus? When we want to kind of be seen by Jesus, we hope that he recognizes us for what we have done. We hope that He recognizes us for the boxes that we check in our lives. And the rich ruler comes to Jesus in hopes that perhaps He will see all the things that He does and will perhaps miss the one thing that really His heart is attached to. And when we approach Jesus with the rich young ruler's mentality, we come to Jesus and we hope that He sees all of the boxes that we check but fail to see. We hope that Jesus doesn't quite see that one thing that is keeping us from being absolutely all in as a disciple. That one thing that may be holding your relationship back with Him. You want a relationship with Jesus, but oftentimes it is on your terms. And that's what the rich ruler did. He wanted, a, he, wanted some, he wanted some religion, but he wanted it on his terms. And so Jesus, here's what I've done. Hey, you just, you just listed my resume. But Jesus got to his heart. See, we can't come to Jesus with our own terms and our own criteria. It is what He wants us to do. We must follow Him and accept what He says. But how do you approach Jesus? What is the one thing? Is there a one thing in your life? Whether you're a disciple or whether you're seeking to be a disciple and have a relationship with God, what is that one thing in your life? Work. Relationship. Laziness. Selfishness. Sin. What, what, what is it? that prevents you from coming to Jesus, and perhaps you want to list all of the things you've done, but fail to deal with that one thing in your life. See, shallow religion will always be more interested in building your reputation than rather than losing your reputation. You want others to see and check the boxes in your life as well. Oh, Sean, you, 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 you're so sacrificial. Check. Oh, you, you have a good walk with God. Check. 
And sometimes we do love to hear what other people say of us. And we want to be validated by the things. And there's perhaps nothing wrong with the fact if we're doing things for God, that's not what I'm talking about. But do we get validation more from other people than we do from God himself? You know, the real test of that is, what do you do and who are you when no one even acknowledges it? Would, no, would, would you serve without any complete chance of recognition? Or do we, in a subtle way, want some sort of recognition? Being afraid of what people think will kill our spiritual growth. We stay caught in sin. We stay caught in insecurity. And the rich young ruler had this reputation, this checkbox religion that he wanted. See, shallow religion or checkbox religion, well, we want to know about Jesus, but it's hard to know Jesus. You know, on, at this time in Jesus' life, it is close to Passover. And we've already talked about the fact that he's on his way to Jerusalem to die. But along with him are thousands of pilgrims who are on their way to Jerusalem as well. Curious pilgrims. They'd probably heard about Jesus. In fact, sometime just earlier in Bethany, Jesus had raised Lazarus from the dead. Now that would have caused an incredible stir. So you have thousands of people perhaps lining the streets of Jericho wanting to get a glimpse of Jesus. Wanting to kind of see who he is. To get a look. But there's only one who really wants to see. See, everyone else has a different agenda. They're wondering, you know, if they could, if he's going to do something. But Zacchaeus wants to see. And this word, to get a look, means he wants to experience Jesus. See, there is a difference. There's a difference between seeing Jesus pass by. There's a difference between seeing Jesus perhaps when we gather together at church versus when you go home and you spend time individually, one-on-one -on -one, with God or with Jesus at home. When you want to experience Him. The streets are packed with people. What are the chances that this little guy gets a chance to see Jesus? Next to none. You ever been in a big at a big parade and, and, uh, and, and you know, the, it, it's like five rows deep trying to see the, whatever's going on? I know in Canada we have, a, we have big Santa Claus parades in Toronto. It's, everyone, everyone comes out to it. I, I don't care if it's how cold it is. You're there with your hot chocolate and your family, and, and, but it's... If you don't get there early, you're not getting through. You can, you can barely see Santa even, you know. And that's what Zacchaeus is doing. He's trying to see. But there is no way that this tax collector, this, this thief, this guy who has turned his back on Israel is getting through. You can imagine him trying to squeeze through and then some guy, who are you? Boom. There is no way that he would have gotten through to see Jesus. So what does he do? I'm tired of jumping. My legs are burning. I, you know, I can't do this very long. I'm going to go climb a tree. Who climbs trees? Kids climb trees. 
I climb trees. I would, I would love climbing trees. But a, a kind of a person who, who, who doesn't kind of really care, who's just childlike, who really does want to see, is going to climb a tree. I, I envision this guy who, who's, again, if he's rich, he's probably dressed quite well, trying to climb this tree to see Jesus. He didn't care. He probably didn't care if his, his best clothes got ripped. He didn't care if they got dirty. He didn't really care at all. All he wanted to do was to see Jesus. You know? Those who have shallow religion don't really want to get too carried away, too fanatical going after Jesus. You're content to come to church. You're content with, with just kind of being there, but nothing too crazy. If you're living with your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend and someone said, you know, according to the scriptures, you need, to, you need to, to split up. You can't be living together. Oh, that's crazy. But if, if, if the Bible calls us to do something radical like that, what is our hearts? There have been people that have taken responsibility for adultery in their marriage. That, that's that's gut-wrenchingly hard. And some will say, well, you know, it's just between you and God. You can keep it quiet as long as you're sorry. Just kind of move, move on with it. No, these are tough decisions, gut-wrenching decisions. And some here have done things like that. Have split up again with, with their girlfriend to get right with God. Rearrange your schedule. Don't move to a city that is going to take you away from God. Oh, that's crazy. That's radical. No, it's about your spiritual eternity. And crazy people and radical people and the Zacchaeuses will climb trees and don't care what, what people think. Why? Because they want to see Jesus. And what is more descriptive of your Christianity and your discipleship? Are you doing it, it free and exciting out of a, a, just a joy to, to be with Jesus again? Or is it a checkbox mentality? So how do you approach Jesus today? When you read about him, do you want to spend more time with him? You want to invite him home? Or are you content to see him on the road or at church? Number two, if or since, how do you approach sin? If or since, how do you approach sin? You know, one of the challenging things about this translation into our English, when Zacchaeus is, uh, he sees Jesus and spends time with him, and then he, he stands up and he says, look, Lord, I give my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone of anything, I repay, repay back four times. See, in, this, in our English translation, we get this if. But in, the, in the, the, the real translation, it means since. That's a big difference. Zacchaeus was not going, you know, I think I may have cheated. Uh, just in case I want to hedge my bets, just in case I want to cover all my bases, just, you know, Jesus, yeah, 
if I've done it, you know, hey, I'll pay back four times. <laughs> He's not doing that. He's going, Jesus, I've done this. And I'm paying back four times the amount. So it wasn't like if I've sinned. It was since I have sinned. Shallow religion dances around sin and uses terms like if I have sinned. You know, I may have, yeah, I, I may have kind of taken a second look at that woman. I, 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 I'm not really sure. You know, I may have kind of looked at something on the internet I, I, I shouldn't have. I, I, you know, I, I, I may have lost my temper with my, my wife and my kid. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll say I did. Ifs protect us and guard our reputation. And we don't let people see the real stains. We just had the Wideners in. and I, How open and real are we about purity or impurity in our lives? Again, we, we, we share enough to admit that we're a sinner, but we dance around specifics. And so we kind of use, we, we use words like, you know, I'm... I'm just a little frustrated versus I got angry. Or, I, you know, I'm just speaking my mind. And you snapped and you lost it. Oh, you know, I'm just a little uncertain about my future. Well, that's worry and anxiety. Well, I'm just standing up for myself. Those are the ifs. The senses, when we talk in the word since, we say, you know, I was filled with lust. I was angry. I was jealous. I was greedy. I worry. I am anxious. And we get very specific with our sin. It's not if I sinned. It is I sinned since I sinned. And I sinned in this very specific way. I think you get the point. We soften sin because we want to feel good about ourselves. And that's the heart of the rich ruler. We get a clue of how Zacchaeus really does see himself and his sin. When he looks back and he says, I am going to pay four times the amount of what I cheated out of someone. Since I cheated them, I am paying back four times the amount. You know, the law only required you to pay back one-fifth of that, 20%. Now, if you did it in violence and you did it in, in a sense of destruction, the law then told you to pay it back four times. So what does that say about Zacchaeus' heart? That he saw himself not in the best of light, he saw himself in the worst of light. He saw himself as the one, I, I need to pay back four times. If I'm convicted, what would I typically, I'll, I'll pay back the, the 20%. Zacchaeus pays back 400%. That's a lot of denarii. That's a lot of money. And if you have the heart of Zacchaeus, you go to Jesus for stain removal. Because it's not if you sin, it's since you sin. And if you have shallow religion, you just simply flip over the cushions. You have kids, 
It's scary to put your hands under the cushions. I bet you there's Cheerios in there from whatever, whatever year. There's crumbs. You've done it before, right? You, you can probably just kind of go, ooh, I can picture this. See, shallow religion is content to leave the kind of cushions and hope that no one picks them up and sees it. Or if we happen to spill something on the cushion, we flip it over and hide it. Now, Zacchaeus' heart is, you know what, Jesus? I want you to clean the, clean the Cheerios. I want, you to, I want you to clean it all. Here, 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 let's take the cushions up. Let's clean, let's clean all of that stuff that's been in there for who knows how long. What is your heart more like? Going to Jesus to have him clean it all up, or do you just simply flip the cushion so that no one sees? See, Jesus knew Zacchaeus' heart as much as he knew the rich young ruler's heart. And he confronted specific sin in each one of them and asked them to repent specifically. Sadly, the rich ruler leaves and experiences no salvation. Zacchaeus repents and experiences salvation. How will you approach sin in your life? Thirdly, sad or stand? How do you approach salvation? We all come to crossroads. Moments in our lives where God or Jesus brings us to these crossroads, to these moments of, that, that can define us and really change our lives forever. And calls us and asks us to live by faith and go all in with Him. And that's what the rich ruler had. He is confronted. He has come to God. He comes to Jesus and Jesus brings him to a crossroads. But how does that rich man leave? He leaves sad. He couldn't, he couldn't count the cost. It was too high. I don't know how he lived following that day, but here's my guess. You're originally convicted. You're originally kind of go away sad. But I bet over time, someone's going to go, dude, you're okay. Look at what you do. Look at, look at what you do for God. Jesus, don't worry about what he said. I think I would be that way. It doesn't really matter what we think. It doesn't really matter what I say to Paul about his life. Hopefully I have a spiritual insight. But what really does matter is how Jesus sees Paul. And Jesus saw the young man, the, the rich man, very, very clearly. And he confronted him. But he went away. See, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how we view each other, so to speak. It's matter how God sees us that counts. It's what he sees about our salvation that really, really does matter. Zacchaeus comes to his moment kind of at in the fork of the road. And his reaction and his attitude to Jesus is totally different. He has no agenda. He's not looking for recognition. All he is 
please, Jesus, just maybe, maybe I can get some time with you. I'm going to climb this tree. I don't know if somehow, some way, I can get a glimpse of you and, and have some interaction. That's, that's a cool story. That's exactly what happens. And not just that. It's not that, that Jesus just happens to have this conversation with him on the side of the road. Jesus says, hey, hey I, let's, I want to spend some time with you. And that's what the, when, he, when he goes home, this word really is this idea of hospitality that you kind of you you loosen the belt, you kick back, and you enjoy time. And that's what Jesus is saying. Hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. We're going to kick back. We're going to get to know one another. That's, and, and I'm sure Zacchaeus is going, this is awesome. I didn't even expect that. I just wanted a few morsels. But, but I, I get to have Jesus in my home. How cool is this? Of course, then it all begins to buzz and all begins to murmur. And that's what this word, they, they grumble, means. It's like this. And he's gone to be a guest of a, of a sinner, this loose man. Can you, can you believe that? No, I can't believe it. That's, that's what's going on. And the rich man had left sad. Zacchaeus takes a stand. And this, this word, when it, when it talks about he stopped and he said to the Lord, that means he took a stand. He stands firm. He says, look, Lord, half of my possessions I now give to the poor. They're one of the richest guys in the whole town. Gives half of it away. And then on top of this, since, and not if, since I have cheated, I am paying back 400% to every single person that I cheated. That was probably thousands of people. The guy's decimating his bank account right here. But do you think he cares? He, does he care what it costs? He has no, he, has, he doesn't care at all why. He is with Jesus, He has salvation. And I imagine Jesus, like I said at the very beginning, turning to Peter, turning to his closest guys and going, you know what? A camel just went through the eye of a needle. How cool is that? And then would have all, it would have clicked. All of these stories would have clicked. And when they said, who can be saved? Jesus goes, you see, this can happen. This can happen. Today's salvation, rescue, deliverance has come to this household. And he now, you kicked him out. You didn't think at all he could be a, 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 a son of Abraham. You didn't think at all he could be a Jew. But you know what? He has the heritage. He has the same inheritance as I do. The exalted father Abraham, he has his inheritance. And guess what happens? Zacchaeus' name, who is pure and clean and innocent, who was anything but that prior to this, now is pure and clean and innocent. And you don't think that Zacchaeus was grateful for his salvation. I just have to say, 
you get a chance to go do someone's baptism, go. Go. Well, I don't know the person. Go. Hearing people share, I know Lori's not here, is she? Or, or at Kate's baptism this week. To hear where people come from and now where, they, where God has taken them is absolutely blow away. And it does my heart so good. I, I'm so, I, I become so grateful for, for the grace and forgiveness of God. And I think back to my time and I go, man, thank you. Yeah, it seemed impossible. I, I was caught in shallow religion having kind of forms of godliness. But man, there was no power. I was enslaved to all sorts of stuff. And I wanted to know Jesus. And then when I finally kind of surrendered it all, and not the reputation and not the checkbox Christianity, my life changed. But go to a baptism. Hear how God has changed them. Look in their faces and see the joy and the twinkle in their eyes that their sins are forgiven. We all lack Zacchaeus. We all have lost our inheritance at some point. We gave it to other things. We live for ourselves and our desires. And some of us have found Jesus. Some of you have not. And this morning I want to issue a charge and a challenge. If you have not and don't have a relationship with Jesus, talk to Kate. <laughs> Find out what it means. Talk to someone. Get to enjoy the salvation that Zacchaeus and many of us have had a chance to enjoy. It may take tough choices. Because, but when we're grateful, we don't care. You know, we often, we often look at this passage and we go, well, we need to go share our faith. We need to go seek and save the lost. That is, that is the, uh, that's the heart of Jesus, and we need to have the heart of Jesus. Well, here, here's what I say to that. Find Jesus, and the rest will follow. You want a heart for the lost? Find Jesus. Find Jesus. You'll be grateful. And you will share. I want everyone to spend some time this week reflecting on salvation. What it, is, what it means to you. Think and pray about what, where God has taken you. And if you're not a disciple, think about Zacchaeus and how you could become, you know, get saved and experience all of that. Climb a tree. Climb a tree, do whatever it is to, to get it. And this may be one of my last sermons for you. And if there's anything that I can... Boy. there's anything that I can leave you, find Jesus. Fall in love with Jesus. Let Him capture your heart. We're all stories of one way or another the impossible becoming possible. 
And it's my prayer. I'm just going to read the rest. It's my prayer and my hope that everyone here will do whatever it takes and whatever they need to do to make it to heaven. Whatever is impossible for us is possible with God. And someday, I want Him to say of me, and I want Him to say of you, God, another camel just went through the eye of a needle. Amen? Thanks, Sean. Um, all right, I'm, I'm not going to cry. I'll, I'll keep it tough here. Uh, man, there's a lot to take home to that. I, I you know, I, I do intend on uh, reflecting um, on that aspect of salvation. It's, it's a really amazing 